0: Welcome to Safety Chats. Host Jason Stark, Director of Safety at Baldwin Safety and Compliance, shares decades of aviation experience and a passion for safety. Let's get started with this week's Safety Chat.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Baldwin Safety Chat podcast. The pod where we talk about everything safety, safety management, organizational behavior, anything that can help us be more effective at being a safety manager. And today's pod's a little bit different uh, for two reasons. One, I am in a hotel room in Los Angeles, so it might sound a little bit different. The second thing kind of different about today's podcast is I want to make more of a public service announcement. So normally we've been talking lately, we've been talking about some good things. We've been talking procedures that don't make sense, unintended consequences, organization dynamics, and it's been exciting, and I, I do enjoy talking about that and would love to hear your feedback on that. But today is a public service announcement. It is getting hot. So down here, which is basically like the surface of the sun, we've already cracked through 90 degrees and we're up about 92 95 and only a sign of things to come it's going to get yet hotter as we roll into august and then hopefully start the sizzle will cool come september so it's kind of like what i used to experience up north you know i used to dread the winters well it's kind of reverse down in the south where i'm kind of dreading the summer but the point is it's getting hot and if it's getting hot for us It's going to soon follow for the rest of the country and wherever you're listening to this. You know, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, assuming, I don't know if I have any Southern Hemisphere fans, but um, it's going to start getting warm. And when that starts happening, we have to be careful when it comes to our workers who do not have the benefit of working in a climate-controlled environment. That is always a big concern, especially with the heat. But I think we're all familiar that working in hot temperatures can be problematic, especially if we don't mitigate it ahead of time. But what I really kind of want to focus on is, or what is it about the heat, or specifically the summer, that we need to look at when worried about how it's going to impact the physiology of our workers. One of the big parts of the so-called heat index, you know that index where it's like 95 out, but they say, well, it really feels like 120. That heat index is a lot predicated upon something called the dew point. And the dew point describes the temperature at which the atmosphere, must be cooled for the water to condense. So it's basically, as it cools, it squeezes, and at what temperature does that squeezing effectively wring out the sponge? But dew point itself is actually a function of water vapor pressure in the atmosphere. So if there is a high dew point, that means there is a high water vapor pressure versus a low dew point, which means a low water vapor pressure. So so why am I talking about this? You might wonder. And I'll tell you. Because what is it about our bodies that were so wonderfully designed that helps us cool? And it's not the most romantic thing, but it's sweating, right? We sweat. Some people say they glisten, but uh, we sweat. And that is what our mechanism is to help keep us cool. So as our body, as a core temperature starts rising we sweat. And what sweating is, as you know, through the pores, water droplets, or sweat droplets as they're called, come through the pores and they sit on our skin. So what happens then? Well, ideally, when the sweat develops on the skin, it will evaporate into the atmosphere, right? And evaporation itself takes energy. It takes energy to change that water droplet from the liquid state to the vapor state so it absorbs energy to do that in the form of heat so think of this you have water droplets on your skin it absorbs the heat from the surrounding atmosphere and from your skin to turn that sweat into vapor which goes into the atmosphere that's our mechanism for cooling and it's it's absolutely awesome but here's the deal When you have a dew point temperature that represents a high water vapor pressure in the atmosphere, our sweating becomes less efficient. The water droplets, the sweat droplets, will sit on our skin, and as they're taking in heat, there isn't the water vapor pressure gradient, if you will, to facilitate quick and efficient evaporation of that water. So as you know, in pressure flows from high to low, And at the surface of that water droplet, that sweat droplet, the water vapor pressure is very high because obviously we're on top of water. And if the water vapor pressure of the surrounding atmosphere is also high, that transfer is not going to be efficient and quick. And in some cases it may not happen at all, but i will talk about that in a second. Whereas if you go to a climate where the water vapor pressure, hence the dew point temperature, is very low, then that process happens very quickly and efficiently so let's put this in the practical experience out there in Arizona uh, people say well it's a dry heat you know like okay well that, that does make a difference yes yes 120 degrees is hot I'll give you that that's hot But when the dew point temperature is sitting around 50 degrees or even 60 degrees, well, that represents a very high pressure gradient between your sweat and the atmosphere. So it evaporates very quickly, takes a lot of heat energy. And that's why sometimes when people step out of the pool, and maybe it's like 90, 95 degrees in Phoenix, they sometimes feel chill because that water is being evaporated so quickly. It's taking a lot of heat and it's really cooling you down. So that's how your sweat works, especially in Phoenix. You walk outside, you sweat. Yes, you're going to sweat because 120 degrees is hot and your core is going to heat up. But the low dew point allows for that quick transfer of that sweat. So when does the dew point start becoming a problem? Well, it just depends. I mean, it depends on a lot of things. It depends on the person's, you know, fitness levels, whatnot. But generally, when we see dew points starting to creep up into the mid-70s and even 80s, that's saying that 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 atmosphere is pretty juicy. So think of like Phoenix being like a dry sponge that you put on a puddle versus Florida or Houston, which is like a wet sponge, almost fully soaked, putting on a puddle. Which one's going to absorb the puddle faster? You know, think a bounty, you know, bounty, the quicker picker upper. So you put like dry sheets of bounty on a spilled puddle. That's Phoenix. But for Houston and Florida, you put that bounty under a little bit of water, get it almost saturated, put it on the puddle of water. It doesn't pick up so quickly. It's going to take time because of that pressure so that's the danger of the dew point when our line service technicians or even our mechanics if we're not in climate controlled areas we're working outside for a prolonged amount of time whether you're in phoenix at 120 degrees or miami with 95 degrees we're going to get hot our core is going to heat up but the difference is that as we heat up we're going to sweat in phoenix that sweating is going to be efficient and it's going to cool us In Florida, Houston, where you have dew points in the low 80s, that's not going to be so efficient. And it might prolong the cooling period, which could then expose our workers to possible complications associated with heat. Now, in the most extreme cases, and I don't have the notes right in front of me, but in Saudi Arabia, 2004, they had a dew point. So this is uh, Saudi Arabia along the Gulf area. You know, it gets pretty hot there. And when it gets so hot, the atmosphere has a potential to hold a lot of moisture. And being next to the Gulf, it soaked in a lot of moisture. So the dew point was 95 degrees. But here's the problem. When you look up the average temperature of our skin, the average temperature of our skin ranges anywhere from about 91.7 degrees to 98 degrees. So let's say that our skin is at 93 degrees. And we walk outside to a dew point of 95 degrees and start working. What's going to happen? Well, what happens, like in another climate, or like in Florida, or even even in the Midwest in the summer, what happens when you bring a nice cold glass of lemonade outside. You say the glass sweats, right? Well, what that's happening is because the surface of the glass is actually cooler than the dew point, so that air immediately next to the to the glass is cooler than the dew point, so the water is condensing onto that glass. So let's go back to Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, where the dew point was 95 degrees, And the skin temperature, let's say, of an individual, there's a range, like 91 to 90, 97, 98. Let's say the skin temperature of an individual is 93 degrees. Well, it doesn't matter if they sweat because it's going to be compounded by the fact that water vapor or water will be condensing on them. And here's the worst part of it. When water condenses, so remember when water evaporates, it takes heat, right? Well, when it condenses, it releases heat. So that's like a double whammy. So we don't want to be in that situation. That is not common that we will see dew points greater than the temperature of our skin, but that is the ultimate danger. But even when those dew points climb up there, obviously we have an index that considers the dew point temperature. It's called the heat index. And, and we have fancy colors on there to say, okay, this is how long they should be working. And I say heed that because that is important. But what I wanted you to know is the reasoning behind that. It's because of our ability to cool ourselves is very diminished in very humid climates. So some things we need to watch for, and this is part of my public service announcement, and I know because you guys are such consummate safety professionals, but I'm going to go through them again. Some of the signs of heat stress. Uh, like heat exhaustion and heat stroke. If you have heavy sweating, weakness, dizziness, nausea, muscle cramps, passing out. Another one that we face in Houston, especially in the CrossFit gyms, because CrossFit gyms there seems to be an affinity in putting them in warehouse with absolutely no climate control. But as people work out, if they start shivering, now it is not normal to shiver when inside the box. What's what we call the gym inside the box is like 96 degrees. That's not normal. So uh, shivering is also a sign that your body is, is being put under um, enormous amounts of heat stress. So like I said, uh, sweating weakness, dizziness, nausea, muscle cramps, shivering, paleness in the skin, unresponsiveness, these are all things we really need to watch for but we don't want it to get there. And we certainly don't want it to get to heat stroke where we're going to have to get medical intervention. So we need to be preemptive about it. And on these days in the summer, when it's not only hot, but it's juicy, I mean, hot is is something to take into consideration, but when it's juicy, and that's where the heat index comes in because now you can have those two kind of wrapped up together. But when it's hot and humid, we need to have preemptive measures in place. So we need to look at depending on the heat index, if we're going to use that, we probably need to set limits and how long people can work outside. We need to enforce water or have water available, which is key, we need to hydrate because if we're not hydrated, we can't sweat. Even if we're sweating and it's not efficient, still doing something versus not sweating at all. So we need to hydrate. And if we can, we need to take our breaks in climate-controlled areas. But even if not in climate-controlled areas, if we can get these people in front of a fan. Because what happens with a fan? So even in high dew point environments... If we put moving air across our body, what happens is we're constantly replacing that air that's right above the sweat bubble, if you will, or the sweat droplet. We're constantly replacing that air and almost creating a vacuum, right? Right. And we're creating like a, an area of low pressure even for vapor pressure. So that the, the constant air going across us helps to make the sweating more efficient and helps to cool us down. So having fans available, better yet, if you have fans with sprayers or they can miss themselves to emphasize that the effect the fan's having would also be a great thing as well. So, and then the buddy system, you know, have people keep an eye on each other. If they start seeing some of these, if you see a guy, you know, with his hand against the wing after he fuels a plane and just sweat's pouring off of him and his head's down or her head's down. Take a stand and say, hey, look, man. Or hey, look, do that. (laughs) Whatever. You need to take a break. We need to get you in some shade. We need to get you in front of a fan. We need to get you in an air-conditioned office. And we need to get some water in you in case you're dehydrated because when you sweat, you're actually losing a lot of water too. So you need to keep drinking. In a good way... I know this is going to be tmi and gross but a good way to measure your hydration level is looking at well you're number one and if it's very yellow brownish uh, you're very dehydrated and you need to so you need to monitor that too when you're working in the heat you need to monitor your hydration level getting back to the point uh, i do want to emphasize that we're getting into that time of year and heat is problematic not only by itself, but when you couple dew point temperatures, high dew point temperatures, you know, upper 70s to mid 80s. If you start getting dew point temperatures in the 90s, ooh, might not be a good idea to spend a lot of time outside at all. And the body's getting a hard time sweating. And if anything, you shouldn't be doing heavy duty outside. Even in even higher dew point temperatures, you might want to restrict, like I said, the time that people are working outside and maybe even the activities that they're doing. So we want to watch the dew point. And again, a, a good way of indexing that is the heat index. So it kind of combines temperature and uh, humidity into a nice indexed, feels like temperature, if you will. So if you start having heat indices in the 120s, 130s, then you might want to start putting policy on those numbers, but that's entirely up to your organization. Maybe restrict the duties, restrict the time and duty, uh, mandatory breaks making sure water is absolutely available uh, by the organization and have people just keep an eye on each other because we want to stay safe and we don't want people who are inflicted by the heat being disoriented and wandering around the ramp aimlessly because that could lead to even worse things than than heat exhaustion so i hope this was somewhat helpful it's just an important topic i hope you took away something from that if not let us know or if you like it, uh, wherever you listen, go ahead and hit that like button. If you have any, you know, feedback and how we can make this better, please let us know because we are here to serve you. So thank you all so much for what you do in keeping our workers safe, keeping our clients safe, and just you know, doing your part in keeping the entire system safe. So until the next time, be safe.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Baldwin Safety and Compliance, the leader in safety management for the transportation industry. Since 2004, Baldwin has been providing state-of-the-art solutions and 24-7 support to the aviation and transportation industries. Baldwin's clients include all sizes and types of transportation operators. Baldwin provides safety and related business services to commercial and non-commercial transportation operators, medical transporters, FBOs, MROs, airports, flight schools, UAS operators, firefighters, OEMs, ground transport operators and others. Visit baldwinsms.com to discover how Baldwin can enhance your organization's safety program.